Hey, Northeast Pennsylvania, it's Rob O'Donnell here on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980, 1300 AM, or anywhere on that Odyssey app. You got to keep that Odyssey app updated as well. I'm hearing some issues with people that say it's a little spotty at times, um, and I've had people that say they have no issues with it whatsoever. Looking into it a little bit, um, it's a good idea to keep both your phone or the device you are listening to it on and the app updated so you don't have any glitches or issues with that. But there are some listeners who listen on other streaming platforms, so if uh, you have any recommendations of uh, other platforms that you listen to, let us know so we can uh, put it out there. It's 3.09 here in Pittston. It's, it's pouring down on the station, so if you're in the Pittston area, there is rain coming down. It's 81 degrees with rain showers right now. Just as I was walking into the studio, it sounds like uh, the sky's opened up on the roof. Hopefully it's just spotty and uh, not near you. There are still some people in northeast Pennsylvania dealing without power from from the other day, those storms that came through. There was a confirmed tornado in uh, Susquehanna County that caused some da- damage. The The weather people came out and, uh, you know, did their assessment and said, yeah, that, that it was a EF1 tornado that came through parts of Susquehanna County. And there were some other areas... Um, you know, in other states around us, but that's the only one I heard of in our area. But again, there are power outages, people still dealing with residual power um, out. And uh, hopefully that gets back to you today sometime soon. You know, it's been nice out. It's been cool. So, uh, you know, at least it's not that hot sweltering weather where the power's out then. But hopefully everybody gets it back. How are you guys feeling today? It's like one of those typical Wednesdays, August 9th here, 2023. Wednesday is usually a, a more upbeat day for me today. It's kind of it's kind of a blah day. Maybe uh maybe it's just the mood at home. You know, my daughter is getting ready to head back to to college, so you know she's getting all her stuff that she had packed up and has been cluttering our basement for the entire summer. You know, ready to pack up and uh, move back for her final year of college. It's a it's a big. Uh, Big accomplishment there, a big step this year uh, with her nursing program is mostly clinical, so it won't be traditional classes. It'll all be hands-on in a hospital working in different departments. So looking forward to that. She has worked all summer in uh, one of our lower-rated hospitals in Scranton, and uh, we can justifiably say it's convinced her to seek uh, work as a nurse elsewhere. Uh, We'll leave it at that. But uh, there, there's there's a reason why the hospital is rated uh, two stars in our most recent review that they were talking about in the media uh, late last week, early this week. And uh, it probably has to do with its leadership and senior personnel because uh, for a profession that, that needs workers in this field, they really don't hire the proper people in supervisory positions to do that and uh, be an active recruiter in a make it a nice place to work so you know it's it's we we recommended it'd be nice to be close to home you know she had offers out in western pennsylvania but she would have had to stay out there travel a little bit further you know she she had the a place to stay but you know she would have been eating out more would have been buying food more not at home where she could just raid the fridge or the pantry anytime she wants so we kind of Kind of guided her. It would be better to be home and and work here in our area. See we'll see what it's like. You know, get your bearing, 
get your experience. And uh, she was probably better off going to the place out in Western PA. That not only were they paying five dollars more an hour, uh, plus a bonus where there wasn't that here, is uh, from her friends that are out there. They are treated much better. They are they are uh, welcomed and uh, supported. Where I can easily say that that wasn't the case here in our area. So it, it's sad, but um, the results are showing that because a lot of our hospitals didn't rate very well. And when the hospital administration is telling you to check Google reviews and not the real medical reviews that they, they base things on, you, you should raise a red flag for you. And, uh, you know, between conglomerates coming in and moving in to take over hospitals and get rid of hospitals and closing hospitals down – how do you how do you attract people who want to make a profession here? You, you just can't because it's so unstable. And uh, you know, I just heard a story you know last night from my daughter that just you know shook your head, shook your head. And when you have uncaring people in supervisory positions that could not only care about the staff, then where do you think the patients stand? And uh, you know, it's a learning experience. You you learn from watching bad behavior. You learn by by someone abusing their power you learn by dealing with that hands-on because now you know especially as a new person in a profession and this is any profession policing nursing in an office building as as an executive anywhere this this goes for anywhere when you work under someone who's toxic when you work under someone who's miserable when you work under someone who's just a bad person bad supervisor bad tactics just shouldn't be in that position over their head you learn very quickly, I don't want to be like that. Uh, I saw it in policing. You know, I had supervisors, sergeants, lieutenants, captains through the police department, and it was like, that's exactly showing me how not to be. I know my kids in active duty military. You have bad leaders every now and then, and you just look and say, hey, that's not what I want to be. I want to be something different than that because I felt the effect of this. I lived the effect, felt the effect of this. This is not how this profession should be. And it's a real hands-on, solid lesson because it sticks with you throughout your career. And if you ever catch yourself falling into that, you revert back to your days when you were first starting. You're like, no, I can't be like that. I don't want to be like that. I'm better than that. And it really makes you strive to, to be better than that. And that's one of the biggest lessons you can learn. And every time I've talked to my kids or talked to people I mentor, um, Take those experiences and learn from them. Take them. I mean, there's, there's, in a lot of situations, you're in a position you can't do anything. And I've been in those situations in the police department where, you know, there's, there's a paramilitary structure. There's a rank and file. There's, there's, you know, respect for the rank. And you cannot, you can only do so much. And that goes for a lot of places, a lot of work, especially in the military. You know, but any, any corporate environment where there's a hierarchy, you know, a chain of command and such like that. Sometimes you're just in bad positions and it physically makes you ill. It, it really takes a toll on your well-being until you can get out of those situations. But while you're there, make the best of it and learn not to be like that person, whatever that circumstance is. Now, it doesn't have to be a total person. You know, it just could be, you know, that person's just bad under stress. Other times they're decent. Well, okay, well, I want to learn how to deal with stress better because I see how this person reacts to it. I don't want to do that, so I want to be better prepared. I want to be more hands-on. I want to have alternate means of dealing with that stress. Learn from other people's 
mistakes and learn from other people's deficiencies. Because sometimes you're in positions where you just can't do anything about them. So that's my uh, two cents words to the wise that even if you're in a bad situation, learn from the bad actors around you on how not to be. And sometimes that's a more internal message to you because you're dealing with it physically and mentally day in and day out than seeing somebody doing it the right way. You, you learn being around someone who's miserable a lot faster than you would someone who's not. So learn those lessons, move on, and move upward because we all have the capability of doing that. Um, Rob, I ended my nursing career in that hospital. I concur, the Jersey Devil. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. It's a, it's a, it's a funny. It says, Rob, which Scranton hospital was rated so low? Well, most of them were actually. And, and I don't want to point out the specific hospital. I mean, how many hospitals are there in, uh, in the Scranton area? And it's not CMC, so, uh, or whatever they call it now. But it's uh, when, when you could care less about your coworkers and you vocalize that outward, what do you think kind of care patients are getting or people that have no connection with people there? It's, uh, it's interesting. I want to move on to this because I found this interesting. There's been the, the this work in the in the Senate about uh, ethics oversight on the Supreme Court, and Justice Elena Kagan was was questioned, was cornered on this, and questioned on that. And her her and I know they focus on Justice Roberts, they focus on Clarence Thomas, but this is across the board with the Supreme Court justices that they don't want. Congress, Senate, the House, interfering with them. They want them to stay in their lane. And that goes for the, the, the more liberal justices on this court as well. Justice Elena Kagan declined Thursday to outright answer a question of whether Congress can impose an ethics code on the Supreme Court. But she did allow that it could do various things to regulate the high court. It just can't be that for the court, it's the only institution that's somehow not subject to checks and balances from anybody else, she added. I mean, we're not imperial. We, too, are part of the checks and balances system, she said. But the justice noted there are limits, Congress, she said, can't do anything it wants. You know, if Congress did something that basically, you know, that effectively prevented the court from fulfilling its assigned responsibilities, I mean, that would raise some pretty serious constitutional issues, Kagan said. The liberal justice declined to say more about the bill that advanced out of the Democrat-led Senate Judiciary Committee at the end of July meant to force the Supreme Court to adopt a stronger ethics policy for fear legal challenges surrounding the issue could someday land before the court. In the back of my mind, I'm thinking, who knows, something might come before us someday, she said. If the law advances, she says, then we'll have a chance to say something about it. Her comments at the Ninth Circuit Judicial Conference in Portland, Oregon, came after Justice Samuel Alito told the Wall Street Journal last month that Congress should stay out of the Supreme Court's business and stop trying to impose ethics rules on justices and clerks. Asked specifically about Alito's interview, Kagan demurred, but said she read the interview. Kagan said that the justices are still working behind closed doors to consider whether to implement a code of conduct that would be directly 
specifically at the high that would be directed specifically at the high court. It's not a secret for me to say that. You know, we have been discussing this issue, Kagan told the audience. Kagan also addressed public confidence in the court system, saying she believes the court can create confidence by acting like a court and staying away from decisions that look political or imposing personal preferences. For me, that means a certain kind of restraint and moderation. It means being careful not to trespass on other institutions, areas of responsibility, she said. The court should be extremely wary of doing things that essentially make it a policymaker on important issues. She added, and here's the takeaway from here. Justice Kagan could simply and easily say, as well as the other justices that normally align with her, this is absolutely preposterous. We need an ethics rule now. None of them have done this. Not a single court justice, Supreme Court justice. So for the point out that it's the right-wing majority, it's the conservative majority of the court that doesn't want oversight, or, or no, it's not. It's all of them. It's every single justice. She just said herself in her own words, hey, if this makes its way through Congress, we'll take a look at it. But until then, I really think Congress should stay in their lane. And that's coming directly from Justice Kagan. So to point big fingers at Alito and just Ro- J- 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 um, Chief Justice Roberts and the rest of them is just uh, not the way it is. I mean, every justice on that leans left or leans liberal could, could easily say, we concur and we support the, the Senate's efforts in bringing an ethics code forward. They're not. The entire Supreme Court's not. So when you talk about it, at least be genuine and say it's the entire Supreme Court, not just one side of the Supreme Court. It's 322 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. You're with the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 325, 81 degrees. Some sun, some showers coming through our area. Looks like we're going to be getting showers through about 530 today. Moving through our area, they could be hit or miss. It's time for Rob's Rundown on this Wednesday, August 9th, 2023. Things that are happening in the headlines, things that are uh, around us. And we should be aware of them. We might not get into them in depth, but uh, you should be—you should know them just as well as I should. Police now state an elephant woman's death is not suspicious. Tornado has been confirmed in Susquehanna County. Boil water advisory was in effect in Roaring Brook. Not sure if it still is. If you're in the Roaring Brook area, still under a boil water advisory, let us know. Check in. Luzerne County children and youth hire 10 employees in July. Maybe if Lackawanna County got some decent leadership, they'd be able to hire some staff that they're about 40 short in. Former Luzerne County finance chief is hired by Wilkesbury. At least he doesn't have to move. Teen 16 pleads to robbing a Wilkesbury store. Teen robbed the store with an imitation handgun. Phillies Made in America concert has been canceled. What's going on with that? Pennsylvania starts a comment period on its master plan for the aging. To which direction the state's going to move in forward for its aging population. 
Pennsylvania also considers letting psychologists prescribe medication. U.S. credit card debt reaches historic highs. We might talk about this a little bit today. Nurse and her daughter held hostage in Haiti have now been released. It's always good news. And New York City to end youth soccer and house to house 2,000 migrants on Randall's Island in New York. That's between Upper Manhattan and Queens. And that's it for Rob's Rundown on this Wednesday, August 9th, 2023. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, got a message from Pastor Mitch. Hola, mi amigo Rob. Thanks for checking in, Pastor Mitch. And yeah, Pastor, somebody said, passing showers, my butt, Rob. Line of downpours coming. Way to go, Sned. He believes in a man-made global warming Navy guy. Yeah, it's the weather. It changes. It happens. I mean, the weather people don't have too much of a reliable batting average to begin with. So, you know, it's hard. Look up at the sky. If it's clear, it's clear. If it's raining, it's raining. Pretty much all you could tell at the moment. But uh, we have that there. I just want to give you a heads up. State police are reminding the public of upcoming initiatives with people headed back to colleges. They will be having an initiative across the state on underage drinking in uh, combination with the Bureau of Liquor Control Enforcement. They'll be teaming up with local and state police to target alcohol-related crimes on and around campuses within the Commonwealth. So have that conversation, especially if you have young adults who are under 21, headed to college. Let them know this initiative's out there. Let them know they will be using undercovers. Let them know they will be using cadets who may also be underage. And uh, it's not something they want on their record, depending on what they want to pursue in college. And after that, you know, an arrest for something simple like that could uh, come up, especially... Um, insecurity-related clearances and such like that, these things do come up. If you are arrested for underage drinking, if you are arrested for having a fake ID, that conversation does come up when uh, you go for your security clearances. Uh, If you are a gamer and you may game with someone that is outside of the country, don't be surprised if that comes up during a security clearance check. How? I couldn't tell you. Don't know. But it does. Just like alcohol-related offenses, fake IDs, because here they are giving you a secret, top-secret clearance or even above for something that you may pursue. And you had a fake ID when you were 19, 20. Well, they question your truth, your trustfulness. You needed a fake ID. You needed to alter your identity so you can go drink. So are you weak-minded? Do you not have the fortitude to, to live up to a security clearance to do the work we need you to do? And a lot of people don't think that far in advance. But I've seen it. I've heard about it. So I relate it to you guys. But just, just be aware, you know, Northeast Pennsylvania is a big college town. Pennsylvania in itself is a big college town. But your kids may be going anywhere in the country. And if they are... They have these same initiatives everywhere else. Don't go with the crowd. You will turn 21 soon enough. You will be able to have your drinks just the way you want to have them as long as you be safe. You don't drive. You don't endanger yourself or anyone else. You know how to control yourself. You know how to control um, those around you. Don't become vulnerable yourself. But uh, just a heads up, a word to the wise. It's Something like this can really 
devastate a, a young young adult's uh, life and career. Something as simple as you know a fake ID or a drivers or drinking under the age and such like that. You don't need to, you don't need to do it. But here in Pennsylvania, I am giving you the heads up that they will be enforcing it with local and state police and the uh, Bureau of Liquor Control Enforcement. So be on the lookout and don't say you weren't warned. And they even have a hotline number for anyone to call in regards to underage drinking, which is 1-888-UNDER-21. In 1-888-UNDER-21. And if you don't think people are calling that hotline if you're a nuisance to them, believe me, they are. It's uh, 3.32 here at WILK. We'll be back after the news with Paul Michaels. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio at 3.38. Some rain moving through our area, but the computer says 81 and partly sunny. I can't see outside on my computer screen. So I uh, couldn't tell you what it's doing outside right now. Uh, just did get a text message saying, please be aware of the traffic problem on Northampton Street in Wilkesbury. Several cars are illegally double parked outside of the Wilkes University. The street is small enough to begin with. Stop double parking at Wilkes University. Are they moving into Wilkes University already? Could that be the, the thing going on over there? And I uh, got another text message in saying, uh, Rob, my son is a camp cadet this week, and I have those conversations about making sure you don't get in trouble. You have to answer for it later in your career. Thank you, Sean from Locksville. I, I, I'm glad your son is at Camp Cadet. It's a great experience for for kids. And... uh I'm sure he'll come back excited to tell you of everything they've done. Um, I'm getting a bunch of text messages on, you know, I, I appreciate the nurse with 45 years of experience texting in and a bunch of other people. So so here's the deal. My daughter has, has a medical issue that she's been going to the doctor for. And um, it's commonly, well, it's, it's just, just basically affected women. So she has a complex ovarian cyst that is is causing her discomfort and pain and such. It's not a regular cyst that could burst and it just goes away and you deal with the pain. It's a complex cyst that might need to be removed, but it's something she's never dealt with. So, you know, she's getting the test. She's got all the tests already. You know, they know the size of it. They know where it is. They know it's a complex cyst. So when she was at work the other day at an unnamed hospital in, in our Scranton area, Working a floor with a bunch of other nurses, she has a, a high school friend who went to is going to a different college but is also a nursing intern, and, and they were talking and say, hey, have you ever had this, um, you know, I, I'm dealing with this now, I, I really don't know much about it. And the other nurse says, no, I have regular simple cysts, they pain and they burst and they go away. So she said, well, let's ask, ask the other women, they're older, maybe they've dealt with, you know, a complex cyst, which a complex cyst is either a you know, it's, it's more dense, it's harder, it's filled with not just fluid, and it's, it just doesn't burst and go away on its own. So her friend, who she went to high school with, says, hey, you know, ladies, Kaylee was just saying that, you know, she's dealing with this complex cyst that's been causing her pain, and, uh, you know, have any of you dealt with that, you know, can give her some advice. And the charge nurse at the floor, and that's the nurse in charge of that floor, turns around and goes, who cares? Kind of took my daughter back a little bit, took her friend that she went to high school back a little bit, and everybody else just stared, all the other nurses. And then they kind of went on their business, you know, went about their business. Now here, here's a, someone who's in charge of the floor of nurses. There was, you know, five or six nurses, two or three nurse interns there, and that's your answer. So if that's how you're treating people you are recruiting to work there as a nurse, if that's how you're treating your coworkers, other nurses, if that's how you're acting as a supervisor or a manager, 
You don't need to be there. And you know what all you did? All you did was to prove to those two or three nursing interns that they don't want to work there. So great job. I applaud you. That's what was done. I uh, got another text message, Robin Scranton. It's cloudy, windy, overcast, no rain yet. And I hope rain doesn't doesn't get to you. I mean, like I said, I just looked at the radar screen. It is coming on a southeastern trajectory. It'll be hitting northern Lackawanna County and coming down through the Scranton and Wilkes-Barre area. We did have one burst of clouds that came through the 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 area in Pittston here that hit us just as I was coming on the air. But like I said, it's going to be hit or miss, and if it does hit you, it'll be done in a half hour, 40 minutes, it looks like. It doesn't look like it's going to be a steady thing for the rest of the night. It's uh, 3.42 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. 346, 81 degrees here at the station. Got a lot of text messages asking me to identify the hospital. I'm, I'm really, I don't want to go down that road. You know, I want to tell you the story and share, share what happened. You know, as an awareness type thing. But I, I've been treated at this hospital in the emergency room myself, you know, for a heart condition, for AFib. Nurses there have been excellent. Uh, the care there has been excellent for me. So, so I just don't want to put a bad taste in the entire staffing's you know mouth, or or to give them a bad name. But you know, this is something that just happened. It happened personally. I know it from a direct source. So you know, I pass it on to you guys. But um, as far as naming the hospital, I don't, I don't think it really matters there. If you deal with a charged nurse like that, it'll click in your head. Hey, maybe that's who Rob was talking about. And if there's more than one, shame on them. But uh, all they're doing is ruining their own future because uh, when they can't get enough people to work here because of people like that, because of supervisors like that, um, they'll be the ones closing down next. Let's go to the phone. We have uh, L from Wayne County on cysts. L. Well, first of all, about that nurse. First of all, she is definitely in the wrong business yeah. and doesn't belong being any kind of healthcare person. And how dare that? How dare that woman? say that well like like a text message her. said if they're treating their co-workers like that how do you think they're treating staff how do you think they're treating patients that person does not belong in that job at all i'm sorry i'm sorry and she should be out of, ousted out of that job seriously um now with sis i would suggest your daughter get a second and third opinion first of all especially if she was at one of these bad hospitals okay um, no, no, the, the hospital I, had nothing to do with her care. She's had multiple doctors. She's had multiple different, uh, you know, images taken of it. I mean, it, it, it's it's going okay. through the correct process. Okay. Well, cysts, a lot of people, myself included, I'm prone to cysts. And I found that out after I had a couple removed and they checked them. They weren't cancerous. So they told me, stay away from caffeine as much as you can. So I did that for quite a few years, and I didn't have a problem. But as the years went on, I wasn't really for, kind of forgot all about that. And then now I've gotten more cysts because I was having more caffeine in my diet. So that's one thing you might want to suggest to her. That might be what's going on with her. If she got one and it's not cancerous, she could get many more, <laughs> okay, because I've had them on my arms. Um, you know, and like the, the front part of my arm, the, the top part of my arm, you know, you can basically get them anywhere, I think. So, you know, you might want to mention that to her. Um, 
other than that, you know, I would I would suggest she gets a second and third opinion. If she's already done that, then that's good. That's yeah, good for her. She's already done it. She, she's had multiple uh, images taken of it already. Um, they, they it, it, it has a daughter cyst, which is a cyst inside of the cyst. So, uh, you know, they're, they're on top of it. And, again, this hospital where she's working had nothing to do with it. She just wanted to know, yeah. hey, has anybody dealt with this before? This is the first time I'm dealing with it. And you yeah. know, the answer she got is, who cares? So, But, but, but that that is totally... That is totally awful. I mean, oh my lord, that person does not belong in that job. I, I can't even, um, I can't even fathom it. Oh my lord. Yeah. All right. I appreciate you calling in with your experience okay. on it. So, Thank you. So tell her good luck. Thank okay. you. We do. Thank you. Bye. It's uh, three fifty here at WILK. Time for uh, the Bloomberg Money Minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 3.54 here at the station, 81 degrees outside. Uh, a couple weeks ago, if, you, if you're if you a regular listener, you heard, you re- probably remember me talking about my, my daughter, who's a midshipman at the Naval Academy. Um, she's just going to be about to start her third year there. So she's going to be what they call a firsty next year or a senior. She's uh, a junior this year, uh, which they really don't have a name for. But it's her third year, third class midshipman there. Um, a couple of weeks ago, she ended up saving a gentleman out of the Severn River. Now, the Severn River butts up against the uh, the Naval Academy there in Annapolis, and it goes into the Chesapeake Bay. Um, she was driving her car on the Academy grounds, and as she was driving, she heard someone screaming from he- for help from the water. She... Uh, threw the car in park, put the hazards on, jumped out. She went over by the seawall, and she saw this gentleman clinging to one of the, the pilings on the pier. And uh, she ran around. She was able to bring him away from the piling along the dock that was there and pull him up onto the dock um, to get him out of the water. He was hypothermic. He was severely injured in his legs. His legs were really cut up from uh, the barnacles that were all over the seawall, and the pier, the, the piling that he was holding onto, the, the big, it's like a telephone pole that goes into the water. And you have, if you've ever been on a dock, you can, especially in the ocean, you can see how they're all covered with those white, crusty barnacles. Uh, they, they are very sharp. They sliced up his legs pretty good. He was bleeding very well. Um, she tended to him medically, you know, got him a, uh, a blanket from the car, put it over him, uh, started tending to his legs. Um, he said he was going to walk home. He, he, he fell in over the seawall into the, the Severn River. She was like, well, where do you live? He says, I live outside the front gate. She's like, well, get in the car and I'll bring you over there. She, she laid a plastic bag over the seat, put him in the car because he, he was bleeding pretty well on his legs uh, and took him home where his wife met him and they took him to, to the hospital, to urgent care. And then uh, you know, she's remained in contact with the family for that week. And again, this was a couple of weeks ago. She was. Uh, they were scheduled to take her out to dinner at the Annapolis Yacht Club, which is a very upscale yacht club. You know, they are this gentleman who she saved is a, a former Navy captain in 06 who was a pilot and was a professor, a physics professor at the academy, who has since retired, but he lives right outside the academy, and he rides his bicycle along the academy grounds each day. And somehow he fell over the seawall, both him and his bicycle. So my daughter drops him off. She goes back. She retrieves his bicycle with some maintenance people out of the water and gets it back to him, brings his bike back. The wife is now there. They're taking him to urgent care. And like I said, two or three days later, this happened on like a Wednesday. 
That Friday, they were going to take her out to dinner. And that Friday afternoon, they call her and said they're going to have to cancel. He's not feeling well. They're going to bring him back to the hospital. They bring him back to the hospital, and uh, they treat him again. Long story short, about a week later, she gets a call saying that the, the gentleman passed away due to blood poisoning because of the infections in his leg because of the cuts in the barnacle and, and the seawater that, that he was in for we don't know how long. She took it pretty hard. You know, here she is. She rescued this gentleman. And, uh, you know, he ends up passing away. So she, she was upset about it. Um, you know, thankfully, she was home when we found out. And, uh, you know, we talked about it and everything. But today, today was uh, his memorial service at the Naval Academy. And my daughter wanted to be there. So she's down there in uniform. She's headed up probably now to come back home for a couple of days. But I, I just wanted to talk about who that man was, Ted McClanahan that she saved and it was the family was so nice saying that you know he most likely would have drowned he was hypothermic he was in the water for a long time he could have been swept out to sea and that would have been the end of it but because even though he passed the fact that she was able to save him and bring him and he spent some time in the hospital he was he was there for about a week and a half after the rescue they were able the family was able to come in from all over the country they were able to say goodbye to him they were able to talk to him they were able to do things um, before he passed. So the family was very thankful of that today, and they asked her to come to this memorial service at the Naval Academy Chapel today. But Ted McClanahan, who served 28 years in the United States Navy, followed by 18 years in private industry and academia, died on July 1st, 2023, only a few days before leaving before his beloved cabin in Maine. He contracted vibrosis from a fall off a seawall in Annapolis where he resided. He was 85 years old, born on February 6th, 1938, in Dayton, Ohio. He's the son of Verna and Jesse McClanahan. He graduated the United States Naval Academy in 1960. He was an active duty and proud member of the 23rd Company, earning his wings of gold as a pilot in 1961. He served two tours of Patrol Squadron 23 in Naval Air Station, Brunswick, Maine. During these tours, he commanded anti-submarine aircraft flying patrols in the North and South Atlantic in the Mediterranean Sea. He served on the USS Yorktown. He's got his doctorate's degree in physics and was a professor at the United States Naval Academy. Um, You know, I just wanted to put that out there to you guys, something that's going on in our life that we dealt with. I'm so proud of my daughter that she was able to, to be there for at least give this family another week and a half. It's Rob O'Donnell here on WILK News.